welcome to the Philia podcast. Philia means daughter. We are the daughters of the women who came before us and we fight so that our daughters may be free. We are a women-led volunteer organization. Our vision is a world free from patriarchy where all women and girls are liberated. We seek to contribute to the women's liberation movement by building sisterhood and solidarity among women locally, nationally, and globally. By amplifying the voices of women, particularly those less often heard or purposefully silenced, and by defending women's human rights. Our podcast seeks to shed light on some of the most pressing issues facing women and girls around the world. Please take from them what you can. In sisterhood and in solidarity, the Philia team. Today, I will talk to Alexine. Alexine is a prostitution survivor and an activist from France. Alexine, tell us please about your journey in the sex trade. How did you get in there? How many years have you been in it? And how did you manage to get out? Okay, so when I was 19, year, 19 years old, I was a student and and in an extreme poverty and I happened to to have a lot of debt debts for my rent and I've decided to exchange sex against money. I thought it would be easy, I thought it would be good for me, that would be that would be taken care of by these men and I thought it would last for like two two weeks or something it would be temporary but I kept having more debts I thought that the rent was really expensive and I never exited uh, prostitution until uh, two years of prostitution it was awful I got a lot of trauma from that experience and it was so hard for me emotionally and mentally that I've exited not only prostitution but my studies as well. Uh, and I got out of prostitution when um, one pointer who, who was very manipulative and violent towards me uh, threatened me with um, revenge porn of my prostitution. And I told him I was really, uh, really not okay with that, and I would like to exit and and everything. And I was also very scared to to get a sexual illness. Yeah. Yeah, sexual transmitted diseases. Yeah, diseases, because he would never wear a condom with me. He never wanted to, and I was really scared. So I just changed my phone number twice and and it was all it was the end of prostitution for me so so this is the story and i hear it so many times that uh, people start uh, uh, people enter prostitution to solve some financial problem but uh, the financial problem doesn't go away it continues and actually almost no woman is uh, able to achieve her financial goals 
Sometimes the financial problems deepen. Is this right for you? Can you relate to that? Yes, it was my case. But back then I was very poor and today I'm still poor. <laughs> I don't have any money at all. But for me to to find a job, not because not only because I'm very unexperienced in work, but also because I'm afraid of people in general. I have a social phobia, kind of. Yes, that's true. So uh, this uh, slogan, don't fight prostitution, fight poverty, is actually, it, it is uh, a little bit manipulative because uh, prostitution doesn't, so, doesn't a solution, isn't a solution for poverty. Am I right? Yes. So yeah. prostitution, poor and we live it poor. What types of the sex trade have you experienced? What type of sex trade? I was in prostitution, but with no pimp. I was a student. I was calling myself an escort, even though I was not an escort. I was not escorting anybody. I was just prostituted, plain and simple. No, no one of us escorted anyone. <laughs> I, I have talked with thousands of uh, survivors and not even a single survivor escorted men to events or whatever. Yeah. And how is the reality of the sex trade different from uh, what most people think or from what we are shown in the media? Well, I think that uh, prostitution is really uh, glamorized in the media all the time. Well, when I was uh, young, younger, I used to have a lot of culture that is really based on prostitution in itself. like. When you think of all the the pop music, for example, it it's really it really encourages women, well, girls, to think of themselves as sex objects all the time. You have to always be beautiful to to comply to the male gaze, and and in a way, yeah, it, it trains you to to be a prostitute. Like for example, when I was younger, I would watch movies like. Um, I don't know the name in 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 English, like Memoirs of a Geisha, or uh, the Secretary, or something, or that, or the other movie where there is that Julia Roberts actress. A pretty woman. Yeah, I never watched it, but it's that kind of movie that I used to watch when I was younger. And it really brainwashed brainwashed me when I was young. Have yeah. you ever seen a representation of of a woman in the sex trade, and you can say, "This is me. This is exactly what happened to me. This uh, I can relate to this woman. It reminds me of myself." Have you ever uh, seen this? Uh... Yeah, I think I've related to those women in prostitution depicted in movies and in books but the problem is in those films and books that the prostitution is always well it's normal for a woman to suffer and we should ignore that and if if she has a good positive outcome at the end like like having babies with the men for example because all of the time i i see women in in movies they they either finish with the man or die. So I get this idea that if you don't 
if you're not protected by a man, you die, simply. You cannot exit prostitution if uh, a man doesn't rescue you. Yeah, like the damsel in distress. And the man is just a, a gentleman. Uh, this is true. I have never thought about it. I think that uh, only one movie is different from you say now. This is a French movie, actually. It, it, its name is Chaos in, in English. Uh, I will send you a link and the, the, the woman uh, is, rescues itself. But this is the only movie and I loved it a lot. I, I could identify with the hero. So mm. I, I would like to recommend it to you. Another question. Uh, many survivors I have met told me that uh, when they still were in the sex trade, they tended to defend prostitution. By mm. defending it, I mean calling it work, bragging about making big money, insisting it is better to be a prostitute than a waiter or, or a cashier. Can you relate to that? Is, is this familiar to you? Yeah, when I was in prostitution, I would not call it work. I would call it just an activity, something really temporary. No big deal. It's just something that happens for a lot of women. But I remember when I was uh, in university, there was a... Um, a debate in class and the teacher said well asked if prostitution would should be legal or not and I was the only one in the room to say that I was for the legalization of it but the, but the problem is I was in prostitution and I was always brainwashed by the punters who would told me that uh, prostitution was illegal in France and that if I could talk to someone about that, it would make me look bad. It would make me confess that I am a criminal or something. So I was afraid and I thought that legalizing, uh, well, giving rights to women in prostitution, it would help alleviate our conditions of living and maybe exit. Um, the industry, but it was the contrary. I, I, I didn't know at that time that it was women in prostitution who were considered victims of the industry and men, the punters, were considered the criminals. I understand. So it takes me to the other question. Many mm. people say about the sex trade, hey, we should not criminalize uh, clients. They say we can target the brothel owners or we can educate women so women won't enter prostitution or we will supply good exit services for everyone so women who want to exit will exit and women who want to stay will stay. What can you say to, to those people? Why we should uh, criminalize clients in your opinion? Because they are rapists, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. They are, they are rapists, I'm not even projecting or lying. They, they want to have sex with somebody who doesn't want to have sex with them. So for me, they know. And someone told me that they don't know, like they are children, no, they don't know that you don't want it. <laughs> of course they know. <laughs> Of course they know, right? You know, my, my friend told me, uh, how, how can uh, the clients know that uh, the woman doesn't want them? They just offer any woman, you can take the money. And if you don't feel like having sex, just leave. Okay. <laughs> and then they should want who will stay.
<laughs> yeah, if the woman was not poor, was not traumatized already, she wouldn't have the idea to to be in prostitution at all. They don't they don't feel any desire for for the punters. So what's the point? That's the that's the whole point of giving money to someone who doesn't want. Well, it's bribery in a way. Uh, what is uh, special about you is that uh, when we met, you were already a well-known activist. Half a year ago, uh, I, there was a Facebook post about you that uh, mentioned that you were beaten on uh, a women's march demonstration for protesting against the sex trade. Uh, Can you tell me what happened there? Yeah, it's not me who was beaten. It was another friend of mine, a survivor of, prostitu of prostitution who was in Paris, who was beaten. But me, I was chased by queer activists, uh, by um, pro-sex trade activists, and they tried to take away my, my sign where it was written survivor of prostitution and incest and abolitionist. And just because they were um, angry over my abolitionist sign, they tried to take it away from me and insult me. Who are what? those people who can beat survivors of prostitution and incest? Who are they? Trans activists. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. It's, it's always trans activists chasing me down in marches like that. I just don't know. They, it's just one sign in millions of signs, but they have to chase me and insult me, whatever. Are you involved in some gender critical activism or it is you're just chased for your abolitionism? Mm, I think for both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, nothing can justify beating a, a woman, beating a survivor, beating a, a human being who is not violent. In the Women's March. In the Women's March, yes. How uh, uh, symbolic. Do you feel that sometimes your activism turns you into a target for violent groups and individuals? Yeah, because of men, because of, uh, I don't know, pimp lobbies that, that would like to sabotage our actions. And of course, there all these women complying to what men want, elections activists. <laughs> <laughs> I must say it because in the photo just behind me we can clearly see there is a big sign where it's written transfeminism and it was them who chased me and tried to to silence me transfeminism which is like someone who is who wasn't born a feminist but identifies as a feminist <laughs> Trans means not, so not <laughs> feminist at all. Whatever it is. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> <laughs> what are the other activities you, that you are involved in, other fields of activism? Well, I do a lot, but I think I can talk about the way I, I blew some uh, slogans in, on the walls in the streets of France to um, 
denounce domestic violence and injustices against women in general. And for the weeks to come, I will denounce pornography in particular. This is amazing. Pornography is a part of the sex trade. It is not different from yeah. kind of the sex trade. And uh, sometimes we forget about it. It is uh, not uh, targeted enough. Well, it's a real depiction of, of violence against women. So I think it's really important to to denounce it and maybe try to to abolish it. Not just depicted, it's just documented violence. Yes. Indeed. You know, one of um, our, our interviewees for this podcast, uh, who is Marie, you know Marie, right? She's in our yes. group. Uh, and, and Marie told me that uh, her past in, in pornography is chasing her until now. She cannot fully exit because her abuse is documented. And uh, if you think about it, pornography is much worse than uh, offline prostitution. Mm, yeah, because it's, it's somewhere in the in the internet and you can't take it back and I'm worried about that about my revenge porn too well all porn is revenge porn to me so yeah I'm afraid of finding out uh, porn videos about me on the internet that's why I don't search for it I don't want to know thank you so much for uh, sharing all this and uh, have uh, good luck with your activism and with your uh, recovery and way to your better life thank you for from all of us thank you very much thank you good night good night thank you dear listener for tuning in we are incredibly grateful to all the women who donate their time and their efforts to create this podcast that includes our guest our interviewers and our editors you can find us on your favorite listening platforms like apple stitcher and spotify just search for philia podcast please help us reach even more women you can do that by subscribing to our show by sharing this podcast with your friends with your family and with your co-workers or by leaving us a positive rating and review Philia organizes the largest annual grassroots feminist conference in the UK. We would love to see you there. You can support our work by joining the Friends of Philia scheme, by giving a solidarity ticket so that even more women can join our conference, and by subscribing to our newsletter. Please take a look around our website, philia.org.uk, to find out more. Together, Women make magic happen, and we can't wait to be in touch with you.